Hi, everybody. You all look different from up here. How was lunch? Good, good, good. Anybody dip in and try those pickles yet? <laughs> Not yet. Okay, well, we're going to have to do that this afternoon. Um, so um, I want to do something a little bit different in the next 30 minutes or so. Um, I want to talk a little bit um, about context for leadership. You know, we all, um, as business owners, managers, leaders, we, we often um, we get pretty hungry to talk about the content of the work that we do, right? Um, what is the work that we do? How are we doing it? How can we do this better? Um, I want to talk a little bit over the next half an hour or so about context, the, the environment in which we are doing that work and how it impacts who we are, who we're becoming, and, and the way in which we're reacting to all of the challenges that we face and how those might be different. Um, so here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to take a moment, find a spot uh, in your notebook or in a piece of paper, and I'd like you to make th a couple lists for me. First of all, I'd like you to think of three projects that are kind of on your plate right now. If you could headline those. You know, what are the three projects I'm involved in thinking about, trying to move forward, going to create, or whatever? Um, and by the way, this can be personal or professional. What are three things, kind of macro level things, that I'm thinking about right now? And then I'd like you to think of three things, uh, three challenges that you might be facing right now. What are three things that are really challenging me? Um, might be a problem you have to solve. Might be a difficult conversation that you have to have. It might be a, um, something that you need to create that you haven't created yet. Could be anything. What are three challenges that you feel like you're sort of thinking about and maybe staying up at night, mulling over at the moment? Anybody not have three challenges? <laughs> Lucky girl. And then what are three decisions that you may be thinking about or making soon? Might be about change, maybe a hire, whatever it is. What are three decisions that you're in at the moment or maybe will be making soon? So once you've got those down, what you probably notice is as you think about those things, there's a lot of detail there, isn't there? Um, and the, is the way forward in all of those things perfectly clear to you right now? 100% everybody know ex what best practices you're going to execute in all of those? Probably not, right? Probably to some degree, a little bit, and probably in other things, maybe not so much. Um, what I want to do is introduce you to a framework this afternoon that I love a lot. Uh, it's called the Kenevan Framework. This is a framework that was designed to help give some structure and some language to our understanding the context 
of where we work, how we work, the work that we do, because it turns out everything has context. Um, anybody notice that the world seems to be changing a little bit? Anyone in here feel like maybe it's veering toward the complex side, <laughs> getting a little bit more complex? One of the things that I do is I follow as, as hard as I can current neuroscience research. You know, the things that we're learning about the brain, and I try to, to infuse that in all the things I do and help people make application. Um, not everybody's going to follow neuroscience research, right? But we should probably all be pretty aware of what we're learning in ways that can help us to do our day-to-day -day living and working. Um, so about eight or nine years ago, when I really started to take a deep dive in this stuff, I remember being in a session with a neuroscientist, and she said, you need to understand that we've probably learned more in the last two years about the brain than in all of history combined. Yeah, isn't that a wow? Well, guess what? I was on a session a couple of months ago, and ironically, one of the scientists in the session makes this comment. You need to understand that we've probably learned more in the last month about the human brain than in all of history combined. That number is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. That's how fast technology is changing and all the information that we have access to is changing. Is that changing the way that you work? For so long, the tools and the structures and the frameworks that we had that helped us know how to do our work stayed pretty similar, didn't they? You know, if I remember in the early years of my leadership journey, um, I would come across a book or something and think, oh, I just made this great discovery about this person, and then discover, oh, that person's been around saying this stuff for 20 years. But the stuff they had to say was so relevant to me then that it didn't matter if it was 20 years old. And there are still kind of eternal truths, aren't there? You know, things you can go back and and read some of you know, Peter Senge's old stuff or other folks, and they're, they're useful, they're helpful. But then there are ways that they make no sense at all because they don't apply to the literal challenges and work that we're doing. And I believe that's because as complexity increases, the ways that we have to think and work and live and lead is having to shift. And we are more and more, more of us over our heads. And I want to talk about that a little bit this afternoon. So the, the handout that I gave you, uh, this framework, this crazy um, bunch of things on that paper, for those of you who are over 50, that small font, I say I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, if, by the way, you like this and you would like a digital copy of this that you could print out bigger, uh, ping me later and I'd be happy to send that to you. Um, this is a framework called the Kenevan Framework developed by uh, a team of people over in Wales. Um, Kenevan is a Welsh word that doesn't really have an English equivalent 
and it means domain or place, kind of location. Um, and this is really about um, finding the location for where you are in the work that you're doing. And so let's just start in, in the most basic component of this, which is that um, the world can often be divided in, in two ways. If we think about one of the polarities of our world as predictable and unpredictable. So on the right side of that model, um, those are domains that we find in, in the predictable world, um, in the world in which we can predict cause and effect. There's a direct relationship between cause and effect. If, if we do this, this will happen. You know, if we go way back in our world and in work, probably most of the work that most of us did would fall into that obvious or simple category in the lower right quadrant, right? This is where the idea of best practices actually was created. Um, that if we create a recipe, and all we do is execute the recipe, we can predict the result of what we'll get at the end. If you do this, and then this, and then this, this will happen. Super useful, right? Why repeat the same mistakes? Why reinvent the wheel? Why learn everything over and over and over? Of course, that is super useful. And there are still problems today that would fall into that simple category. If you do this, this will happen. But not all of them do, right? In fact, probably most don't. Many would fall into the upper part, upper right-hand quadrant, and that's a domain that we call complicated. In the complicated world, there are more moving parts. There are more um, parts that have to coordinate and cooperate to get to a certain end. Um, when we find a problem or a challenge that lives in the complicated domain, we often need expertise. We need to find people who have experience and expertise to help us through. Um, Practices like root cause analysis are really helpful and complicated because they can help us get to the center of a problem so that we know how to address it and we know our way forward. In complicated, good practices are really the, the rule of the game because we, we can't always rely on best practices because they don't always work. But in general, these good practices should get us there. And so those two domains on the predictable side, they're still useful and they're still important. And almost all of us in this room grew up in a world where most of the things that we were taught about how to work fell here. Most of the processes of thinking and getting things done, goal setting, strategic planning, all of that stuff falls over on this predictable side. Because in a predictable world, those are the things you can do. In a predictable world, you can say, okay, where am I now? Where do I want to be? What's the gap between here and there? And how can I create a straight line from here or here? How can I draw a map that can get me from here to here? But as it turns out, not everything in our world, in our work, is predictable anymore, is it? So as we look over on the left side of this framework, we find a domain called complex. Com in complexity, 
There is no direct relationship between cause and effect until after the fact. In complexity, there are so many moving pieces or contributing factors, shifting, changing everything, that the best we can do is experiment our way around the edges of problems and challenges. We have to build that bridge while we're walking on it. It takes a whole different kind of thinking, a whole different kind of relating, a whole different really framework for seeing so many of the structural things in our work. Uh, how many of you have children in this room? How many of you have more than one child? Okay, those of you who have your hands up. How many of you have ever tried to do a thing with kid number two that worked with kid number one and expected the same result? How many of you got that result? <laughs> yes, that's why we're all laughing in this room right now. Right? You know why that is? Parenting lives in complex. Parenting lives in the complex domain. Building a rocket ship that goes to the moon lives in complicated. You ever thought about that? Parenting is more complex than building a rocket that would go to the moon. <laughs> and yet we have this sense, this idea somehow, like, how many of you ever said, if only I had a manual? That's a throwback to that old world where that's what we relied on. You know, if you have the recipe, it should be easy. As it turns out, when you treat a complex problem or challenge as if it is simple, See the bottom line there on that framework? See how that's kind of wiggly and thicker? We call that the cliff. When you treat something that actually belongs in complexity as if it is simple, you fall over the cliff into chaos. That's why when you tried the thing with the second kid that worked perfectly with the first kid, the next five minutes you probably felt like you were in some sort of chaos, right? All hell breaks loose. We do this over and over in the way that we work and, and feel this frustration. Why does this feel so chaotic? This worked last time. Um, why, isn't, why does everything feel like it's out of control? We did this last year and it worked perfectly. I don't get it. It's because we, we are not looking at the context of what we're doing. And we are not shifting our responses appropriately we're treating our problems as if they are predictable when they're unpredictable. Take a look back at the list that you just made. Look at those nine things that you wrote down. And I'd like you to take each one of them and ask yourself, in general, where does this thing live? Is this predictable or unpredictable? Is the essence of this challenge simple? Do I know for sure that if I, respond, if I just figure out what bucket this goes in, what kind of problem, look up the best practice and apply that, do I know for sure that this is what's going to happen? Is one plus one going to equal two? Or is this more complicated? Would an expert be helpful here? Would experience be helpful here? Um, would a set of good practices guide me toward something? And even, even if there's multiple ways to get here, 
It's like um, if I decided to go to Mackinac this afternoon after I left here, there are a lot of different ways I could get there, right? Yeah, I could go straight up 131, or if I wanted a nicer ride, I could go over on the lakeshore, I could take the back roads. Lots of ways to get there, and maybe I could combine those routes, but I know that in general, if I followed this map, I would get there. Or is your problem more like I'm setting off on this journey and I don't know what's going to happen from hour to hour and so I'm going to nudge my way forward and see where I end up. I'm going to move into a certain direction and I'm just going to have to pay attention to all the signals and all the signs along the way. And I don't know where we'll get. Is your problem challenge? Decision more like that. Take those nine things and map them. Put them some. Where does it live on the map? Just take a few minutes for that. Each one, just ask yourself, where does it live? Or maybe it's in chaos. If you absolutely have no idea where that thing might live, it might go in the center, which is disorder. How many of you are finding that you're plopping things in more than one spot on the map? As you look back at how you tend to respond in those things, how many of you find that maybe the habits that you have in thinking through these things may have been more consistent? In, In other words... How many of you are finding things that are landing in the complex domain that maybe you've been trying to respond to as if they were simple or complicated and feeling the mismatch? Anybody having that experience? I think it's pretty common because we've all developed habits of of thinking. Um, I, I like to throw this out to people and see how they react. What would it be like if every night before you went to bed you had to review the transcript of everything that went through your head all day. You had that little red pen next to the bed. You had to review the transcript. (laughs) Most people groan in fright. What do you think you'd notice if you had to do that? Tim, what do you think you'd notice? How crazy I am. (laughs) (laughs) So you'd be judging and criticizing. Very judgmental. (laughs) You know what I think most of us, in fact, what I know that most of us would probably notice? A lot like Gilligan's Island. Rerun, rerun, rerun. As a matter of fact, the opening line would probably be pretty much the same every day. Your first conscious thought, what's your first conscious thought every morning? Uh, Coffee. (laughs) Yeah, that's mine. (laughs) What time is it, right? Is there coffee? Uh, What am I doing today? Like, for most of us, our first conscious thought actually becomes habit. The majority of the thinking we do, your brain is so lazy, um, that it develops habit of mind. Habits of ways that we respond and think about things. And in my view, one of the biggest challenges for leaders today is to be able to step back and be more conscious about our habits of mind to be able to develop new habits and adjust our thinking to what's needed, not just what feels easiest. 
not just what we did the last time. So um, one of the things, as I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention to these things that I see over and over again, is that in some of the research on these things, there's this prediction that sooner than later, the majority of leaders are literally going to be over their heads. That the, the complexity of the challenges that our work is presenting to us is increasing so quickly, but our complexity of mind for many, if not most of it, is not catching up. We're not keeping up with the complexity of the challenges that we're facing. What does it look like to keep up? What does it look like to pay attention to not just our, our, our skills and, and our, um, our capacities in that way, our competencies, but what does it look like to, to grow in our complexity of mind? I think this is one of the biggest challenges every one of us in this room faces in the work that we do. So in the few minutes that I have left, I just want to offer three quick thoughts about some of the implications for us in this room, for leaders, managers, about the increasing complexity of our world and our work. And the first one is that there's a new kind of development conversation that is really necessary. There's a new kind of conversation and, and thing that we need to be thinking about when it comes to developing ourselves and our people. Um, some of the language around this is, is um, horizontal leadership and vertical leadership. Any of you heard that language? Vertical leadership? And so the idea is that horizontally, we've spent so many years developing people's competencies and their skills, and that's this idea of horizontal leadership, making us sort of wider uh, as, as workers and people. And then there's this idea of vertical development, that we, our minds, our ways of making sense of the world, our sense-making devices and our complexity of mind needs to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. We need to be able to um, think in more complex ways. And so uh, earlier, one of, forgive me, the speakers from this morning in the, the Q&A panel began to talk about empathy and the importance of empathy. Um, in some ways, empathy can be thought of as that horizontal kind of leadership or skill base, right? You know, we're going to teach someone empathy. As it turns out, developing deeper kinds of empathy, particularly cognitive empathy, is part of that vertical leadership because as we grow in our ability to hold more and more perspectives at the same time, we are able to see things in more and more complex ways. Right? In the old days, we often just had to, I'm going to see your perspective, and then there's mine, and I'm going to kind of decide between them. In a simple world, that works. Even in a complicated, I'm going to take yours, and then yours, and then yours, and I'm going to say, who's right? Who's the most right? In a complex world, I have to be able to hold yours and yours and yours and mine and see the new possibilities that are created among them. It's a whole different way of thinking. So implication number one, we can't just pay attention to the skills. We have to pay attention to our own vertical development and, and develop that in others. Implication number two, we need to have a whole new conversation about failure. 
Over in the predictable world, failure is often fatal, right? If you get that rocket ship wrong, people die. It's expensive. Um, what is the name of the game over in the predictable world? Failure's not an option. All right, that's the mantra. Don't fail, don't fail. Uh, organizations develop deep fear in their culture. We've been talking about culture today. Look at your pickle jar. What are all the little things inside that brine that actually create fear in people that are baked into the culture? Um, stories about failure are often that in most organizations because failure is not an option. In the complex world, not only is failure is not an option not true, it can't possibly be true because we can't experiment our way to the future without failing. So we, we often hear things today like fail fast, fail forward. You know, there's new conversations about failure, and yet people don't know how to do that because we've only developed habits of thought related to avoiding it. And so I think one of the implications for leaders is we need to find new ways to think about, talk about, and, and relate to each other in failure and about failure. Couldn't be more complex. And the third thing is even about location. Um, one of the things that I think leaders of today need to be the best at is navigating the Zoom lens. Here's what I mean by that. Some of you in this room will remember the days of the big heavy camcorders that we carried on our shoulders, right? Remember when you had to go rent one for your kids' birthday parties, right? Pop that VHS tape in there. And um, when you were subjected to watching one of those videos, what were they like most of the time? What was, do you remember? Jerky. Jerky, weren't they? People just didn't know what to do with that zoom lens, right? Vroom, you're in, the close-up, and then vroom, you're out. And it really ruined the experience, didn't it, in a lot of ways? Or just, yeah. If you think about perspective and think about how close we are to things and the way we're thinking about things and having the ability to get distance on things, I think one of the implications for leaders in a complex world is we need to be able to smoothly operate that zoom lens. We need to be able to get deeply in and seeing things and then be able to move out and out and out. Not only at that macro level of our organization's vision, values, bigger, right? You know, put the spotlight on the world in bigger ways. What's the world context in which we are doing this business and living our lives? And how does all those things impact these experiments that we're running? Leaders need to be able to, at any moment, know where they are from a zooming perspective and choose that. Am I too close in? Am I far enough out? Am I too far out? You know, where am I? It used to be in the predictable world that leaders just had to know a lot 
You know, how did you get a leadership position? You did something for a long time. You had a lot of experience. You got good at it. Guess what? In complexity, sometimes that's the worst thing in the world because it gets in our way because our brains like certainty so much. You know, when you made the pickles this morning, number one question, what do you think people ask me about the pickles? Can everybody guess? Where's the dill? Where's the dill? Why did I get that question? What's that? That's the one we were expecting. That's the one you were expecting. Yeah. Where's the dill? We can't do this without dill. Yeah. As it turned out, those were the resources that you had to work with, right? Uh, So being able to navigate and notice that about your thinking, you know, pay attention to those things, are some of the most important things that leaders can do today. So um, I know that I kind of hit you with a fire hose of ideas here. Um, But I'd like to invite each one of you to take those nine things that you wrote on your list and just see if there's any usefulness in putting those on your map somewhere and asking yourself, in what ways am I responding to these things in ways that don't make sense? What do I need to be able to shift myself and my people to navigate more natively in a complex world? Um, and, and how can we take this conversation further? What does this really mean for us? So that's all I have. I'm going to let you chew on that for a little bit. <laughs>